The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, how are you? Welcome to the Financial Physician Radio Program, where we discuss money, markets, and politics. And uh, they all go together, as you know, and uh, we're finding that more and more. As the Obamacare rollout continues to just absolutely amaze and stun people, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later uh, in the program, 866-472-5790 is a call number if you're listening live to the program. Uh, let's start off the program with something that I think we're all feeling lately, and I know a number of people have mentioned it to me, and it's kind of curious that I'm hearing people say this a lot, and it's that something doesn't seem right. Many people have the feeling uh, that we're so off course in this country and that there's something very, very terrible uh, coming our way in, in, the, in the relatively near future. It's an ominous feeling. It's just a feeling of impending doom of some kind. And, and I thought it was just me for a while. Uh, and, and I spend a lot of time... Uh, Reading, surfing the web, reading websites, news articles, studying markets, and uh, maybe it's because I spend too much time involved in, in, in current events and news and so forth that, uh, that I'm a little bit uh, uh, jaded in some way uh, or influenced in some way by just having so much uh, bad stuff in my brain uh, that it turns you off and makes you feel depressed and it makes you feel anxious. And I've been feeling that. I've been feeling that for a long time. And I believe many of you probably have as well. And it's hard to put a finger on it. What is it? What's bothering me? And it's so many different things coming together at one time. And we feel that something's not right. And I believe the majority of Americans feel that now. Well, what could make us feel that way? Well, the economy is number one. I guess that's what drives Besides your own personal health, uh, uh, the economy is, I guess, what really affects us most. It affects whether or not we have a, a decent paying job, whether we could afford a, a decent house to live in, whether we could afford to send our children to college, 
retire comfortably ourselves someday. And right now, we have record poverty in America. A record number, I think it was 47 million people on food stamps that are eating every day because the government is providing them with subsidies to buy food. That can make you feel uneasy. And it can make you feel uneasy even if you're not getting the food stamps. I don't get food stamps, and I'm uneasy that 47 million Americans have to depend on food stamps to get by. That's the state of America in 2013. Record number of people on disability, Social Security disability right now. Record number. This was just out, uh, what was it? Yesterday, I believe. Um, The total number of people in the United States now receiving federal disability benefits hit a record 10,982,000 in November, up from the previous record of 10,978,000 set in May. And this comes from the Social Security Administration. And the number of Americans taking disability benefits in November outnumbered the total population of Greece, which is 10,772,000. November was the 202nd straight month that the number of disabled workers in the United States increased. 202 straight months. So it's 10 years. Going on up every month. And the last time the number decreased was in January 1997, and uh, the, that month, the number of workers taking disability dropped by 249 people. So if we take that year out, God knows how far back we're going to go. So, record number of people on disability, and uh, a good portion of them, I shouldn't say a good portion, but I would say a, a substantial number of them really shouldn't be on disability. They just can't find a, a good job, so they, um, they apply for disability, fraudulently. And we have that going. All the good jobs are gone, and they're gone for good. All the manufacturing jobs in the country have been outsourced over the last 20 years. And they will come back, those jobs. You know when they're going to come back? When we're China and China is us. When we could pay our workers nothing to work because they're so desperate that the cost of production is cheaper here in the United States than it is in China. Because China's growing and we're not. We're doing the opposite. We're going in opposite directions. China's getting rich. We're getting poor. And those workers over there are going to start demanding higher salaries, higher wages as they become more and more prosperous. Inflation. The CPI index is reported every month. We know it's a total lie. According to uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics that puts that out, um, CPI is only up 2% a year and has been for like the last 10 years. There's no inflation in America unless you go to the food store and you actually go shopping. Then you see it. Or if you pay for Healthcare or healthcare insurance. We're certainly seeing uh, not only inflation in healthcare insurance, we're seeing hyperinflation due to Obamacare, which we'll talk about later. And why do people think uh, something's just not right? And why are people so anxious and so worried about the future? Well, 
How about uh, the fact that people don't trust their government anymore? Do you trust your government right now? I don't trust my government. And saying that in the, in the future may get you arrested or put into some camp or, or something for re-education. I don't trust my government in any way, shape, or form. The president, the Congress, I don't trust any of them. I guess even when it comes down to local government, you don't trust them. Because you feel that all politicians are are self-serving. And why should you trust government? When the president comes out and tells us repeatedly lies about Obamacare to get it pushed, to get it passed. You can keep your doctor. No, you can't. You can keep your insurance if you like it. No, you can't. Tens of millions of people are getting cancellation notices. Your premiums go down 2500 per family. They're going up as much as $5,000, $6,000 per family. So how if when you when, when when government loses the trust of the citizens, that's a real problem. And uh, we live in a real world, most of us, you know. We know what we know. And that's the one thing about Obamacare. We're gonna save that for later, but you know, people are living it now. So you know, no longer is it a theory. Now it's real. Let's talk about markets, financial markets. Well, if you own stocks you're happy you had a good 2013. You're probably the only ones. If you're a banker or a stockholder, uh, you're pretty happy because stocks have done very well this year. But the average American doesn't own any stocks. And those who don't own any stocks but have money in savings have earned nothing. Those conservative investors, mainly retired people who are depending on interest on CDs to live, are getting nothing. And boy, I tell you, seniors and, and, and pre-seniors in this country really need to be worried. The future is extremely bleak. So we got markets who are, all these markets now are manipulated. And they don't even hide it anymore. I mean, we, we know bonds are manipulated because the Federal Reserve is printing $85 billion per month and buying bonds. So we know they're, they're, they're propping up the bond market and keeping interest rates low. That's not the way the market's supposed to work. The market's supposed to trade freely. But it doesn't because of the Fed's mad money printing. And that's another reason that people are getting uneasy. Now, the average American doesn't know what it means, doesn't even know what's happening because the average American is very low information. Uh, and uh, they're too busy watching reality shows uh, to pay attention to this. But $85 billion a month, and that's all we know about as far as what the Fed's printing. There's a lot we don't know. And that's got a lot of people worried that the the future is going to be hyperinflationary. And again, savers have been destroyed. I mean, just, you know, if you want to be a saver, you're dead. Not only are you not earning any interest on your savings, inflation is rising much higher than the income you get on that savings, so you're losing purchasing power at the same time. Or worse yet, you're going to be forced into a very, very uh, risky stock market. 
a market that has no business being at record highs right now. No business whatsoever. By no measure, historically, should stocks be where they are now. And it's all due to the fact that the Fed is manipulating it through the printing of money, the buying of bonds. Now these dealers have the cash from the bonds they sold and they're moving into the stock market. And what worries me is that it's making other people feel they missed the party. I'm getting it from my clients who are more conservative. Hey, Lou, you know, you think maybe we should put some money in the market and sit in record highs. And you know the public is always in last. It's an eerie feeling. It feels like musical chairs towards the end of it when you're waiting for the music to stop. You got one hair, one hand tentatively on one chair so you could jump on it real quick. That's the way this market is. I mean, there's going to be a hair trigger when, when people start selling. Gold has been manipulated down because we can't have gold going up because that tells the world that the dollar's in trouble. So why not, you know, never put the canary in a coal mine? That's exactly what's happened with gold this year. And it's been happening for many years, but this is the cover for the Federal Reserve. And many Americans now have no hope uh, for a comfortable retirement. And many have to work, if they can have find a job anyway, into their 70s or even later. So something's not right. We all feel it, and it's a bad feeling. We want to feel optimistic about our country. We want to feel optimistic about our future. And I think it's very, very difficult to do uh, now that uh, we see the country unraveling in so many different ways. And we talk about culture and politics on the other side of the break. All right, uh, 866-472-5790 is my call number. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com, my email. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on Voice America, the business channel. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. All right. Thanks for joining us here on The Financial Physician radio program where we get together 
every Wednesday, 4 p.m. on the East Coast. It's 1 p.m. live on the West Coast and always available at voiceamerica.com on the business channel in the archive section. You can actually listen to every show we've ever done. Uh, they do a good job there at uh, Voice America as far as archiving past shows. So if you want to just go back and listen to some other shows, uh, you could uh, listen to your heart's content at voiceamerica.com. My email address is lou at the financial physician. Dot com. Love your emails, and I, and I try to get back uh, personally on each and every one. Uh, just be patient with me. Sometimes it takes me a few days. I mean, I literally I can't keep up with my email. I mean, and you get a lot of junk email. You know, you all, we all know this. We all deal with this. Junk email, and that's the problem with junk email is that you know it mixes in with you know important stuff, and sometimes things fall through the cracks. Especially if you don't recognize, you know, the sender. So uh, uh, if I don't get back to you, just send it again, and I'll do my best uh, to get back to you. Uh, each and every time. That's Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. My email, uh, my uh, my blog and website is thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, join me on my blog each and every day. I try to update it as much as possible. And we also have a link to the archives and all that stuff, uh, good stuff, at thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, Before the break in the first segment, we were talking about uh, the feeling that many of us have that something's wrong, that we just, just don't know what it is, but something's bothering us. Something doesn't seem right. There's an ominous feeling. People don't seem as happy as they used to be. Now, I live in New Jersey, okay? And uh, uh, for those of you who haven't been to New Jersey, uh, we're a different bunch. Uh, and, 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 and everything you've seen on TV about new people in New Jersey is true. Not everybody is the same way, but, but people in New Jersey are, are tough, and, 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 and they could be nasty. They could be rude. But then again, they could be helpful and nice. We always have some of that. But overall, when you're talking about people, and what always amazes me, and I was, my wife and I a couple of weeks ago went to Las Vegas, and uh, we spent five days there. And it's just amazing how nice people are when you get away from the tri-state area. Uh, people are much more friendly. And you know, I, 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 I've come to the conclusion, the reason is density. New Jersey is the most dense state in the union as far as uh, people per square mile. I don't know if you know that. New Jersey is a small state. Yet, I don't know how many million people live here, but uh, I mean, it's pretty developed, most of New Jersey. There's a lot of traffic, a lot of street lights. You know, uh, parking lots are full, and that tends to make people grumpy. And you have a lot of road rage. So people in general in New Jersey really aren't nice for the most part, but they're even worse now. And maybe that's because of all the things that we talked about in the first segment. Economic security. Distrust of the government. Fear of Obamacare and what that's going to do to their budgets and their health care. And then we have cultural, the cultural issues. Something's not right there. In a culture that a person like Miley Cyrus can be a celebrity as she is. Everybody cares what she does, what she wears, how outrageous she is. Which only fuels more and more of that behavior by her and others. Her behavior and others like her influence young young women, girls, who want to emulate her. 
add to that uh, reality TV and those crazy shows that people watch. Can't get kids to watch the news. They're watching some crazy reality show. And culturally, we're moving towards a, a sexual society. Gay marriage now is legal in many states. And that's a whole other debate in and of itself. But in the past, if you were not heterosexual, you kind of lived your life, but you know, you didn't demand rights, you weren't out there. And now we have, you know, homosexuals, you have transsexuals, all wanting the same rights, wanting to be promoted that their lifestyle is normal and good. And again, this is all fed by the media, TV, music, and the internet. And I guess, you know, look, I'm getting old. I'm 53 now. And I guess every generation always looked at the younger generation and said, what's wrong with these kids? But I think we've gotten to the point now where, uh, as a culture, uh, we're in a gutter. And that affects people. It affects aspirations. Uh, It affects a lot of things. And I mentioned earlier, people can't trust their government, and that's a bad place to be. Let's talk about the political environment in America. You got half the country on one side, you got half the country on the other. Takers and makers. Those who benefit from the entitlement government that we have, they're on one side of the aisle. And those who are working and struggling and trying to get ahead and trying to save money for retirement, they're the ones who are being um, abused in so many ways through redistribution of wealth. And policies that stagnate business and stagnate the economy. And as I mentioned earlier, I mean, lies. I mean, just politicians get in front of the camera and outright lie to our face. Just figuring as long as most of the people don't know it's a lie, we'll believe it. So it's okay. The end justifies the means. And we'll take Obamacare as, uh, as an example. The president knew, the president of the United States in 2010 knew tens of millions of people and most likely a hundred million people would lose their coverage. The president knew in 2010 that premiums would go up substantially for those going into a new policy or being forced into a new policy. He knew it, as did all the Democrats that voted for this, or at least most of them. And if they didn't know it, they should have known it. And that uh, your, your premiums would go down an average of $2,500. All lies. All lies told to get it passed. The end justifies the means. It's okay to lie because in our socialist view... It's best for America to go this route. So if we have to lie to, the, to get this thing passed, we'll lie. And we'll deal with it later. An impeachable offense, in my opinion. That the President of the United States knowingly lied to the people, lied to Congress, and pushed through Obamacare with not one Republican vote in the Senate or the House. On a lie. I, I, I'm surprised. I, I just don't hear more outrage from Republicans on the Hill. 
if it's not an impeachable offense for a president to come out and repeatedly lie about something as big as health care, one-sixth of the United States economy that affects us all in the pocketbook, to lie to get it passed in a partisan way, I feel is an impeachable offense. If not treasonous or whatever you want to call it. But it's almost like we've become come to expect that politicians are going to lie to us. What? They're politicians. That's the norm. What's so, what's so, what's so unusual about that? And Obamacare, this thing just gets worse by the day. Now they say they've fixed the website. They didn't fix the website. Yeah, more and more people can get in, but you can't get out. You can't, you can't get to the point of where you actually have the coverage at the end. And more and more horror stories came come out came out on this. Uh, let's see. Uh, first, let's talk security. It could take a year to secure the risk of high exposures of personal information on the federal Obama online exchange. A cybersecurity expert told CNBC on Monday. When you develop a website, this is a quote from this individual, you develop it with security in mind, and it doesn't appear to have happened this time, said David Kennedy, a so-called white hat hacker who tests online security by breaching websites. So he knows what he's talking about. He testified on Capitol Hill about the flaws of healthcare.gov last week. Quote, it's really hard to go back and fix the security around it because security wasn't built into it, said Kennedy, chief executive trusted sec. We're talking multiple months to over a year to at least address some of the critical to high exposures on the website itself. So he's saying it's going to take probably a year if possible to prevent security. Now, now my question is, this is the federal government. Amazon.com has security. Are you trying to tell me that something as big as this, where you need tens of millions of people going to be given personal information and security wasn't built into it? I mean, how incompetent is that? And that's what this administration is, the definition of incompetency. And I think that's a kind word for what they are, incompetent. And, of course, the Department of Human Services, which oversaw the implementation of the website, said the components used to build the site are compliant with standards set by federal security authorities. So another lie. See, they lie to you. This one, they're just telling you that security is a problem, and they come out and say, no, it's not. Quote, the privacy and security of consumers' personal information are a top priority for us. Security testing happens on an ongoing basis using industry best practices to appropriately safeguard consumers' personal information, said the spokesman. Okay, why do the people? No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Another online security expert who spoke at last week's House hearing said the federal Obamacare website needs to be shut down and rebuilt from scratch. Morgan Wright, CEO of Crowdsourced Investigation, said there's not a plan to fix this that meets the sniff test of being reasonable. <coughs> um, last month, 
A September 27th government memorandum surfaced in which two Health and Human Services officials said the security of the site had not been properly tested before it opened, creating, quote-unquote, a high risk. So here you have one person, a memorandum saying it, and then you have the, the spokesman come out and say uh, it's fine. Again, a lie. Just lie. So we have an unsecure website, and uh, may take a year to, uh, to fix uh, but really should be overhauled from, from the bottom up. More uh, disturbing Obamacare information. Cancer patient, an Obamacare critic, says he's being audited by the IRS. Well, where have we heard this before? Not a cancer patient or Obamacare critic, but opponents of the administration. A cancer patient who publicly discussed the cancellation of insurance of his insurance under Obamacare now says he's been informed by the Internal Revenue Service that he's going to be audited. Bill Elliott appeared on Fox News on November 7th to discuss the cancellation of his insurance. He claims he, told, he was told his cancer was considered beyond catastrophic previous condition and his plan was being canceled because of Obamacare regulations. Elliott has stage 4 cancer and informed viewers he wasn't going to pay the $1,500 a month for the new plan being offered preferring not to burden his family and let nature take its course. Uh, after his story attached, uh, attracted media attention, Elliot says his insurance company decided to let him keep the coverage. I guess they were embarrassed about it. And then uh, on Monday, he got a certified letter. Didn't get my mail until late. So this past Tuesday, I went and picked it up. Lo and behold, it's from the IRS saying, you're going to be audited uh, for the tax uh, for the tax year 2009. And you know what he said? I kind of expected something like this. That's what he said. I kind of expected it. There's something wrong, my friends, when uh, you can expect the IRS to audit you because he said he's something critical of the administration. That's where we are in America at the end of 2013. Time for another break. Uh, you're listening to The Financial Physician. My name's Lou Scatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What are the reasons that over three-quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Mm -hmm. 
On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luce Gatigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Yeah, my wife just came down to my studio. My studio is down in my, my office in my house in my basement. And... Uh, Informed me that uh, my Christmas tree went out, and the break had flipped, and uh, she's going nuts. And I have a quite an unusual Christmas tree. My Christmas tree is is ten feet high, or twelve feet high, and it's it's a it's um artificial tree, and it's uh has five thousand lights on it, and it takes virtually all day for me, my son, and my wife to put it up. It's actually the worst day of the year for me. I hate it. You got to figure out all the circuits. You can't overload any circuit one over the other. Uh, it looks beautiful when it's done. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people come from miles to drive up and down and see my tree. But but uh, my wife just informed me that the circuit breaker went off, so that's always uh, a cause for concern. So we have to figure out if we're overloaded. So you know, household emergency. She had to come down and interrupt my show over that. So uh, we'll deal with that after the show. Uh, is over. So let's get back to Obamacare. You know, we talk about it every week because it, we have to talk about it. I mean, it affects us so so greatly. And uh, as you know, uh, no Republican voted for it. Harry Reid and, and, and uh, twisted the arms of, of uh, every Democratic senator to vote for it. Handed out all kinds of goodies to to Louisiana and Oklahoma to get those senators uh, to vote with him. They espoused how great Obamacare is going to be. And, and, and then this headline comes out today. Democrat, well, the headline says some read, some read staffers exempt from Obamacare exchanges. This is from CNN. Democratic Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, one of Obamacare's architects and staunchest supporters, is also the only top congressional leader to exempt some of his staff from having to buy insurance through the law's new exchanges. Reed is the, Reed is the exception among other top congressional leaders. GP House Speaker John Boehner, House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi, and Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell have all directed their staffs to join the exchanges. Now, is this not the height of hypocrisy? Do you see what I'm talking about? Why people hate government? Why Congress has a 7% approval rating? Why people feel there's something wrong in America? Which is the theme of our show today. And this is only going to give Republicans more ammunition. I mean, what hypocritical thing to do. If it's so good, everybody should get it. And uh, in September, when there was talk about exempting Congress, uh, Harry Reid told reporters, quote, let's stop these silly juvenile political games, the one dealing with health care for senators and House members and our staff. We are going to be part of the exchanges. That's what the law says, and we'll be part of that. Lie, lie, lie. Not a misrepresentation, a lie, straight out. He said that in September, and now he exempts his staff. This is mind-boggling. It's infuriating. Everybody be, should be infuriated by this. 
And, of course, the Republicans are already coming out, taking aim at him, and rightfully so. Quote, I'm sure that regular Americans who just lost their insurance will feel comfortable to know that Senator Reid's staff gets to keep the government plan. Um, This is a great quote, too. Former Harry Reid staffer Jim Manley defended his old boss, arguing that, quote, The only people hypocritical here are Republicans who made this an issue in the first place. Are these people so detached from reality? Is it when you go inside the beltway there, you're moving into another country, another world with a total alternative reality? Ah, it's the Republicans. They're hypocritical. They're the ones who made an issue of this in the first place. Ah, no, don't look here. It's just infuriating. Another show of incompetency. The Obama administration is planning a, this is from Reuters. This came out last night, uh, Tuesday night. The administration is planning a workaround, quote unquote, workaround for payments to insurance companies. Because there's no mechanism to pay the insurance company through the website enrollment. This is like, this is like not even third world country. This is like childish behavior. The Obama administration is reportedly preparing to implement a workaround that instructs insurers to estimate the cost of health care plans and the government will determine the actual cost later. So what's happening here is the insurance company is going to make up a number for each person, tell the government, the government's going to pay them that number, and then work it out later and either get a refund or pay them more. Is this amateur hour to the nth degree? Health, health plans will estimate how much they are owed and submit that estimate to the government. And once the system is built, the government and insurers can reconcile the payments made with the plan data to true up the payments. The attempt is to make sure the plans get paid on time, which is a good thing. Uh, a representative for America's health insurance plan said, of course it's a good thing. The fix puts an additional burden on insurance companies already taxed by having to double-check faulty enrollment data from healthcare.gov. How could this administration let the insurance companies estimate what they should get? Do you think they're going to underestimate? They're not going to underestimate. Where's that money coming from? It's coming from taxpayers. It's our money. It's nuts. And Obama keeps coming out saying, hey, it's getting better. It's getting better. We're not turning back. It's, 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 I can't believe it. You know, if you would have told me 10 years ago, you would have, you would have put me in a time machine and flash forward me to 2013. I wouldn't believe the country I'm living in. I wouldn't believe it. Destruction of the best healthcare system in the world. A president who lies to us repeatedly to get massive legislation passed. Fraudulently. And the guy gets reelected. I mean, uh, do you think uh, if the election was held uh, now, Obama would win against Romney? Uh, I don't think so. Democrats vote too. And Democrats have health insurance too. Now, I... um. I was fortunate enough in my group health plan to be notified that if you change the anniversary date to December 1st, that uh, you will just have a small increase, in my case, 10%. 
Uh, and we're good till next December. And we'll, hopefully, it'll be a, a stop button hit sometime in 2014. And it's a good thing I did that. I have Blue Cross Blue Shield here in New Jersey. And um, one of my clients notified me this afternoon. He got a letter uh, from his uh, from Blue Cross saying that his group plan premiums are going up. You know how much they're going up? 40% maybe? No. 50%? You think it's going to go up 50%? Really? Nope. 60%? You mean 60% is going up? That's what I said to him. He goes, nope. Don't tell me it's 70%. That would be outrageous. He goes, nope. 85%. 85%. His premiums are going up, and my premiums would have went up if I didn't take that maneuver. And I notified you all about this a few weeks ago, repeatedly, two weeks in a row, to see if you could do that. Hopefully some of you did. How can someone's health insurance premiums go up 85% in one year? Who could afford that? And this is businesses' insurances. It's not just individual policy. This is businesses, group plans. What business can afford an 85% increase in their biggest bill? My biggest bill right now is health insurance. And I don't have a large firm. It's four employees. I pay over 5000 a month for an HMO. That denied me my MRI when I ruptured both arms back in August. Until I fought them anyway. But initially, denied me. It's prohibitively expensive. And many businesses just can't afford it. And won't, won't. We'll just have to eliminate insurance for their employees, which, again, forces them into the government program, which is the plan all along. What businesses are going to hire anybody? Now, if my insurance went up 85%, I'm paying $1,800 a month now for my family. 85% would be another 1500 I'll be paying $3,400 a month for health insurance. Is that not insane? Is not that a dramatic redistribution of wealth? Is that what that's? Forget taxing people. This is the biggest redistribution of wealth ever. Just double their health insurance premiums so other people can get insurance. Forget raising taxes. What a Trojan horse health care is. What a Trojan horse Obamacare is. It is a massive redistribution of wealth that will bankrupt companies. And I'll tell you, I'm not hiring anybody the rest of my career. I will not have an additional employee ever again. And my client today, who has a uh, HVAC business, pretty successful one, told me the same thing. I will not hire another person again while I own this business. As a matter of fact, I'm going to cut back. What happens when the, uh, the employer mandate hits next year? How many people are going to be laid off? How many people are going to be lowered to 29 hours? They're already, it's already happening. How many people are going to be hired out of college by big business when they're mandated to cover people at just outrageously prohibitively expensive health care premiums? 
This is all by design, people. This is what it was all about to implode the healthcare system and make government the single source of healthcare. And Obamacare was the Trojan horse to do it. I'm more convinced of that today than I ever have been. A massive fraud on the American people by this president, his administration, and his allies in Congress. And if this doesn't make people uh, bring people to the streets, I don't know what will. Look, policy is one thing. Uh, you know, uh, the economy is one thing. Foreign policy is one thing. But when you tell somebody that their health insurance is going to double, that will infuriate Democrats, Republicans, liberals, and uh, conservatives alike. And we all should be on buses going to Washington, screaming repeal. Really, we should be. And the problem with Americans is we are so busy with our own lives, watching America and Idol, The Voice, and these reality TV shows, Duck Dynasty, and so forth, to pay attention to what's happening and be activist in government and demand things. And so is the state of America in 2013. There's something wrong. Very, very wrong. All right, one more segment left in the program. My name is Lou Scatigna. You're listening to The Financial Position. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
The Financial Physician, your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Call America's Money Doctor right now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. You can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, welcome back to this unusual financial show of ours called The Financial Physician, where we talk money, market, and politics. And lately, we've been talking a lot about Obamacare, because let me tell you, if that doesn't affect your finances, nothing else really does out of government, let me tell you. Uh, this is the most intrusive, most burdened uh, uh, legislation uh, that's ever come across, I think, in America. Uh, it's the most disastrous in its implementation as well as its cost. Uh, it's an embarrassment to the country. It's a deliberate destruction of, of, uh, of the best healthcare system in the world. Doctors are retiring in droves and advising young people not to go to medical school. Many private practices are closing and, and the doctors go into a hospital or something because you can't handle the paperwork, the computer work, all the stuff that is mandated by government that they have to do now. And they're not getting paid enough with Medicaid, Medicare patients, and uh, they're folding their tent. So what's that mean? It means long awaits for doctors. It means losing your current doctor. It means declining health care services in America. That's what socialized medicine always does. You have to give an incentive for a doctor to be a doctor. They got to get paid. They spent many years in school. They took out lots of loans. They pay a lot in malpractice insurance. And that's the one thing. Where is the, where is the reform of malpractice insurance in, in Obamacare? That would save lots of money in the healthcare system. Because, again, who's paying for that malpractice insurance? You are, the patient. It's built into the prices that we have to pay for healthcare services. But there's nothing that dealt with that in Obamacare. And I, I got doctors as clients, and I talk to them, and, and they're uh, talk about the theme today. Something, something's wrong, and we all know something's wrong. And we feel it in America. When doctors are telling me that they regret becoming a doctor, and I'm not talking about the older ones. The older ones made their money; they could retire. But I'm, I'm dealing with a doctor younger than me, client of mine, and he says, "Lou, you have no idea what we're dealing with." You have no idea. And he regretted becoming a doctor. And I'm sure there's millions like him out there. When doctors aren't happy uh, being in that profession, uh, uh, Obamacare uh, is not right. Well, that's enough on Obamacare. Until next week when we have uh, 16 other stories to tell you about that would just blow your mind. And I don't want the show to be Obamacare all the time. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's so invasive and it so, it's so much affects our financial life. What family do you know has room in their budget? Let's just say take a young couple, you know, a kid or two, buying their first house. They realize they could afford a mortgage of 1500 a month. They buy the home 1500 a month. And now they see their health insurance go up five or 600 a month. What gives here? What is that family to do? Sell their house now? 
They can't afford to live there. It wasn't in their budget. It was a surprise. And I would say very few Americans have the financial ability uh, to pony up uh, an extra four or $500 a month in their budget, especially now with the economy so weak, with jobs so poor, with incomes declining, with the record numbers of people on food stamps and disability and welfare. How are people supposed to come up with that? Boy, I'd hate to be a Democrat running for re-election in 2014. I really do. Especially if they voted for Obamacare. God, it's so easy. So easy for the Republicans. They don't screw it up next year. But by then, it'll probably be too late. All right, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about... uh, the state of cities in the country. I mean, uh, talk about feeling something is wrong in America. Uh, you know, Detroit was the largest city to go bankrupt in U.S. history. Declared bankruptcy a few months back. Um, and uh, on, on Tuesday, yesterday, December 3rd, a federal judge ruled that Detroit could proceed into bankruptcy and cut pensions to address its fiscal woes. U.S. bankruptcy judge Stephen Rhodes affirmed that the Motor City was indeed insolvent and certified that it could move forward with plans to eliminate nearly $20 billion in debt. Half of that shortfall comes from the city's defined benefit pension system, which was designed to guarantee workers a portion of their salary for life. Uh, it has long been understood that bankruptcy law entails the impairment of contracts, um, Rhodes said, while pledging that he will not lightly or casually exercise power to impair pensions. Rhodes overruled an earlier state court decision that pensions cannot be cut. All right, so now you have a city here who went bankrupt because of all the pensions that they had to pay to firemen, police officers, teachers, what have you, and uh, has bankrupt the city. And a good portion of, of, of their expenses is pensions. It's roughly 40% of tax dollars go towards retiree pensions, and that could rise to 65% in the near future. And this is not just Detroit. This is states like Illinois, New York, and, and, and more cities across America. Now, of course, the city's largest unions have already filed an appeal challenging the decision. Where do they expect this money to come from? There's no money. We're broke. Cities are broke. States are broke. And the federal government is broke. And again, it's not just Detroit. Detroit is just the first one. And if you're a pensioner on a government pension, a state government or a city government, you're in danger. And uh, there's a whole other argument to be made whether or not pensions should be provided by taxpayers. In the private sector, I got a 401k. I got to put my own money in. I get no pension from anybody. And is somebody that work for the state a better person, deserve to get taken care of better than somebody who works in a private sector? I don't know. All right, we're out of time. It goes so fast here on a financial physician. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks for joining us. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com, and my email is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.